Hi, everybody. I'm Lisa Shield, and this is Finding the Guardian of Your Soul. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I'm excited about this topic. We are going to talk today about four ways to know if this is your guy. The first thing I want to share is that the work I do is not about strategies and games and tactics. This is really about finding what I call a guardian of your soul. And it is so important to remember that real love comes from the heart. It comes from compassion and kindness and forgiveness, gratitude. It comes from having loving boundaries and being able to articulate those boundaries in a clear way but with kindness and so that a partner can hear you. So the approach that I encourage my clients to take, while not a new agey one, is a deeply spiritual one because I do feel that all of the spiritual concepts like compassion, kindness, gratitude, patience, forgiveness, acceptance, these are the stepping stones to love. And in my time, when I was really struggling, like many of you are now, to let go of trying to manipulate and control all of this and get a certain outcome, get a guy to love me, get a guy to commit to me. And I learned how to surrender to this process and co-create with the universe, with the world around me, with the forces that were out of my control and the ones that I felt were in my control. As I did that work, I turned time and time again to these foundational spiritual principles that have become my guiding lights in my life and in my search for love, both in searching for love inside of myself, in searching for how to love myself, and in searching for how to love another person, a man, and how to let his love in. It all came down to these very basic spiritual principles. And so there are no games or strategies. There's no leaning back and letting men chase you and all of these things that are very much in your head and not in your heart. All of that gets in the way of bringing a guardian of your soul into your life. So let's talk about these four ways to know if somebody is a good partner for you. So the very first thing you want to look at is do we share similar values and want the same things in life? It's very important that two people align. Your core values are those values, those things that you place importance on that, that really define who you are and what you stand for in the world and in your life. So core values can be things like a love of nature, being civic-minded, civic like wanting 
to give back and and maybe you are Christian and you want to go on mission trips and be of service in the world and that this is deeply important to you and not something that's changeable. Core values usually do not change over the course of a lifetime. They are deep principles that you live by, that you adhere to, that define who you are as a person. And often religious values, religious upbringing can be a big part of that as well. When I was dating, I, this time around, my first husband was not Jewish, and I made a decision to look for a Jewish man. I'm not religious by any stretch of the imagination. I don't go to temple, even though I was confirmed when I was younger. And I did go to, uh, I think we went to Saturday school. <laughs> but I was, you know, I don't really have a strong Jewish affiliation or identity. But I still was raised by two Jewish parents. My grandparents were Jewish. I went to temple. We celebrated the high holy days. And that was a huge part of my upbringing. And so even though I do not celebrate any of those things now, I knew that this time around, I thought to myself, the right Jewish man who's Jewish like me would be a good fit for me because we would probably look at the world, look at our lives in a very similar way. And so I only dated Jewish men pretty much. And my husband, Benjamin, is Jewish. I think that this was really a wise decision on my part because I never felt, even when I was with my first husband who wasn't Jewish and wasn't religious in any way, um, I never felt a hundred percent aligned at our core in the way that I do with my husband right now. I just I feel like we're, you know, two halves of a whole, that we really are this almost like one person in two bodies. And part of that is the fact that we value the same things. We value education. We value culture. You know, we value earning our living and being highly principled people who um, are good members of society. There's many things we, we value humor and we have a very similar sense of humor. In fact, we spend most of our free time going out, having dinner, and just laughing together because we both see the, see our lives and, and the world in the same way. And out of these core values, two people who share the same values will also want similar things in life, marriage, children, or not having children. Um, Benjamin and I, one of our core values is dogs or our dogs. We both love dogs. He had a dog when we met and I had a dog when we met and we brought our dogs together, not in the best way. We, we should have followed healthy dog introduction protocols. We did not do that and they did not like each other much. Uh, but we have had dogs throughout our whole relationship. We 
got two new puppies during COVID and we lost a, a dog right before COVID. So, you know, dogs have been a big part of our shared life. But imagine if one of us had this beautiful passion for dogs and the other one didn't, how uncomfortable that could be. Or one, you know, my brother loves outdoor, he loves being outdoors, he loves skiing and camping. And, you know, I, I, I feel like he's a, an alien to me. We both grew up in the same family and I don't enjoy any of those things, but he does. And he even lives outside of Santa Fe, a couple hours away in a town called Mora. And he's in the middle of nowhere off the grid in a little community. And that would drive me crazy. I just, I couldn't see myself living that life. Even if I met a man I really liked, it would be very difficult for me to live that kind of lifestyle. I love being near a city or a town and it doesn't even have to be a big one. We moved from Los Angeles to Santa Fe during the pandemic. I don't mind that Santa Fe is really quite small. I think it's under 100,000 people, but we still have choices here. We have great music. There's festivals going on all summer long. There's great music, shockingly. We have tickets to go hear the Pixies. And then uh, in the fall, we have tickets to go to the Santa Fe Opera, which is amazing. It's just a mile up the road from us, and we're going to go hear Bonnie Raitt. So very eclectic music that comes through Santa Fe, but I love the choices, and so does Benjamin. And we also love things that are a little upscale. We love having going out to a wonderful dinner at a fine restaurant and all. We appreciate lovely things, and we're able to do that together. So you really want to ask yourself, do we share similar core values and want similar things in life? So that's the first one. The second one is, how does he treat you? How is he treating you? You really need to look at this. I'm shocked at how many of us make excuses for bad behavior and we allow men to treat us poorly and we put up with it and it's a sign of not valuing ourselves or, or being in a scarcity mindset that oh well you know maybe he'll come around or as he gets to know me or maybe I can tell him what I want and he'll improve but the truth is a man who values you is going to treat you with respect, with kindness. And you really want to look at, does he follow through on his promises and commitments to you? So it, especially in those very early stages of dating, does he value your time? Does he make plans? Does he call you or let you know a few days before a date that yes, you're on and he's looking forward to seeing you again? and let you know that he's thinking about you, that you're in his thoughts, and that he wants you to know that, yes, he will be there, and he doesn't leave you hanging. It's very important that a man treat you well. 
Now, I understand that some people have different rules around these kinds of things. And some men may feel like, hey, I made the date. She knows I'm going to be there. Why do I need to reach out to her a few days ahead of time and let her know that, yes, we're on? Well, if you are the kind of woman who likes a confirmation, you need to ask for that from a man and then see if he can honor your request and just say, hey, you know, I've had a number of experiences where men have either ghosted me or canceled at the last minute. It would mean so much to me if you could confirm our date at least a day, you know, 24 to 48 hours ahead of time, just so that I know for sure that we're still on. And then sit back and see if he will honor your request or not. You're also looking for a man in the way he treats you who is willing to honor these simple requests that you may have. Now, you don't want to get angry with him and make him wrong for not confirming the date if you didn't tell him how important that is to you. You want to make sure that you ask him in the right way, that you don't shame him or make him feel like, I can't believe you didn't confirm our date and you left me hanging. And then you've got a kind of attitude or a chip on your shoulder or a tone in your voice that he's going to pick up on and is going to be off-putting for him. Part of dating is to learn how to ask for what you want and need in a relationship in a kind way that doesn't shame a man and will give him the opportunity to say, sure, I can do that, or no, I'm not comfortable with that. But you need to learn how to ask for what you want and then sit back and see if he's willing to honor your requests. And if not, are you able to accept his reasons for why he can't do that and be okay with it and let it go? Another way that you want to gauge how he's treating you is, does he want to share his life and his time with you? Is his time so scarce that you feel like you're always having to ask for more and you never feel like you're really a priority? Or does he make room for you? Is he carving out time? My husband was very, very busy. He had a full practice. He's a body worker. So when we met, he had, I don't know, maybe seven or eight clients that he saw every day. But he still made time for me. And he still made me feel like a priority. Not only that, he would actually call me if he had made a suggestion of a date or something that we might do, he would often call me at 10 a.m. the following morning to let me know that he had made plans and that, yes, we were on. Even if that date was a week away, he wouldn't leave me hanging. He really wanted to confirm things. And I think that he also respected my time and wanted to make sure that he reserved a spot on my calendar. And not a lot of men had done that before. And it was something that I noticed that really jumped out at me was how respectful he was of my time and how, how considerate he was about confirming our 
dates and our plans. So he treated me with a lot of respect, which was really special for me. Also, does he listen to you? Does he really listen to you? Is he interested in what you have to say? Or does he cut you down or belittle what you're saying or talk down to you? And if he does get angry or upset with you, does he let you know in a kind way or does he fly off the handle and get upset with you? These are big things I started to learn. In fact, in one of our programs that that we do, um, I have a course called Emotionally Naked Dating. It's a 12-week program. And then we have two follow-up courses. And one of the women was asking about a texting sequence and a man she had been engaging with. And there, you know, she said, I realized that there seemed to be some anger with this guy. I didn't like some of his responses. What should I do with that? You know, do I trust my gut or do I still go out on a date with him? And I said, you know, if your gut is really telling you that this man is angry and you've had a couple of incidences already where that's jumped out at you, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Underneath that is something even deeper. So if you're already seeing this and you haven't even been on a first date with him, you really need to notice that because if he feels that he can lash out at you and talk to you that way, that's not good. So I would take that as a sign. I would cut and run. And it's, you know, anybody can say anything. It's okay for people to get upset. We all get upset. We all get angry. We all get disappointed. People step on our toes. They trip our wires. And that's okay. But you really want to be with a man who can take a deep breath and think of a calm and kind way to express how he's feeling, and to let you know where his boundaries are. My husband is the kindest man I've ever met. When we went on our first date, the very first impression, the very first thought I had about him, I looked in his eyes and I thought, oh my God, this is the kindest person I've ever met. And I could just see the kindness pouring out of him. And he is. And I must say, he is strong, he is masculine, he knows himself, he has very, very clear boundaries, but he also lets me know where those boundaries are with love and kindness. And he never punishes me or makes me wrong if I inadvertently step over a boundary or cross a boundary. He has a very, very kind way of, but firm way of letting me know that I've crossed a line, which I so love because it creates this incredible foundation of, of safety and trust in our relationship. I know that even if I do make a mistake, he's going to let me know, which I really appreciate, but he does it in such a kind and loving way that I never feel punished or made wrong. And that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. 
So you're looking for a man who will let you know what his boundaries are, but do it without lashing out or being mean, someone who is kind and considerate. And then the third one is how does he treat others? How does he treat the people around him? How does he talk about his family, his children, his siblings, his exes? This is a very big tell. Because don't think for a second if he is mean and he talks trash about other people in his life and he plays the victim, don't think for a second that he's not going to do the same when it comes to you. So in the beginning, he may be all, you know, all in. But if something goes wrong, you may be the person he's talking poorly about. So be very, very, very careful. My ex-husband was a pathological liar and he stole money from people. He didn't do it like he didn't go and steal their money, but he would gain their favor and then they would loan money to him and he never paid them back. So he didn't steal things, but he would make promises. People would loan him money and then they would never see it again. And he would burn those friendships. He would burn those friendships to the ground. And some of these people were people who just loved and adored him because he was a very charismatic person. You know, pathological liars and narcissists usually are. And it was devastating, devastating. And I watched this throughout our relationship and, and our marriage, but I always thought he wouldn't do that to me. And of course he did in the end. He stole money from me. Uh, and that was really hard. It was really hard to be on the receiving end of that. Of course, a leopard doesn't change its spots. You know, there's that great uh, story about an elephant that's walking along, you know, walking through the forest and it hears, help, help, help. And it follows the sign and there's a snake, a poisonous snake that's caught under a rock and the elephant, you know, the, the snake says, help me, help me. I'm stuck. I'm going to die. I'm, you know, please help me. And the elephant says, well, if I do, do you promise not to bite me? And the snake says, oh no, I would never bite you. I would never bite you. And the elephant says, okay. And he pushes the rock off the snake and the snake bites him. And as he's laying there dying, he says, why did you bite me? And the snake says, because I'm a snake. So be careful. Watch how this person treats other people. Watch how he treats especially waiters, waitresses, people who service him, his employees. That's a big one. You can tell a lot about a person by the way they treat people who they may see as lower on the totem pole from them. 
So people who are waiting on them, people who work for them, are they kind? Are they respectful? Are they equanimous? Do they see everyone in their lives, you know, on a, on a continuum or a hierarchy? That's a big one because you don't want somebody who looks at human relationships as being on a hierarchy. Being a boss is no more important than being anywhere else on that on that higher on that pole, right? On that that ladder. You're looking for somebody who turns that ladder on its side and sees everybody as equal, all a part of a system where each person is an integral part of a system. And they're all necessary for that system to function. So maybe even more on a circle, even than a line. But you're looking for somebody who sees human relationships, not as someone is superior and inferior, but that we are all part of this whole. So that's very important, looking at how he talks about others and how he treats others. And the last one, one of the most important of all, it is important to ask yourself, is he the guardian of my soul? So what is a guardian of your soul? I don't know. For me, I would think that everybody would want this. A guardian of your soul is someone who sees all of who you are, who chooses to see you through eyes of love and compassion, who doesn't want to fix you or change you or tell you who to be or how to be, but somebody who cherishes and adores you and admires you and sees even more of you than you can see of yourself and who wants to support you and support your soul's journey in this lifetime so that you can be all of who you want to be. So this is a magical, magical kind of relationship and it's founded in unconditional love. So two guardians of each other's souls are there to love and support each other, not to limit one another, not to try to fix or change their partner, but to cultivate a, an environment where both people can flourish and grow and, um, yeah, flourish. I love that word. <laughs> flourish and grow and grow individually and together as a couple. And this is what my husband does for me. And I hope with all my heart, I do that for him. <laughs> Part of the foundation of that is that we have so much safety and trust in this relationship that we are both able to really play with our roles at our masculine and feminine roles within the relationship. I don't feel in any way diminished or uh, 
inferior to my husband. I feel like he treats me like a, like a, an equal. He respects me. He admires me. Um, and I'm able to be a woman in his eyes. And I've really been able to explore my feminine side because he has been so supportive of me and he loves me so much and he has been such a man in our relationship and of course I've made space in the relationship for him to show up as a man and to really explore his masculine side and cultivate that with me and so together we really support each other in all these different ways and I must say like I didn't really love being a woman when I was younger. I didn't identify. I'm not saying that I wanted to uh, be a man. That's not true. But I really never explored my feminine side. I mean, I dressed feminine. I looked like a woman. I acted like, you know, like a woman. But I don't think I really put time and energy and all into exploring what it meant to me to be a woman. And being with this guardian of my soul, Benjamin, I want to be as much of a woman as I can be for him because it brings out his masculine side and he loves being the man in this partnership, in this relationship, in this marriage. He loves it. He loves it. He loves finding all the things he can do for me, all the ways he can support me. And he cooks dinners for me. He, if, if there's something he knows, I go through cycles. I don't know if you all do, but you know, I'll go through cycles where there will be a period where all I want to do is drink grapefruit juice. And he will notice that without me saying a word. And that refrigerator will be full of grapefruit juice. And then I might get sick of grapefruit juice and maybe I'm on a popcorn kick or whatever that is. I went through a prosciutto kick for a while he will look at whatever I'm eating in that moment and he will make sure that whatever that thing is, he's got a refrigerator full of it for me. God help me if I get sick of grapefruit juice because I think there's about six bottles of it in the refrigerator right now. He also sees how hard I work and that I don't have the bandwidth at the end of the day to really go and cook a healthy meal for myself. And so since the pandemic, he started cooking these beautiful meals for me. The other day, I've never had it before, but he made oxtail stew. I highly recommend it. Get the recipe in the New York Times cooking section. It was outstanding. He knows I love curry, and there was about a month where he went on a curry kick, and he made me every kind of curry he could possibly make. It was incredible. So he, you know, the more feminine I am and the more I bring to our relationship, the more he brings to the relationship, and it's really beautiful. But you want to ask yourself, is this man the guardian of my soul? 
Does he cherish me? Does he adore me? Does he want to make me happy and be my hero? And what are the ways in which I see him doing those things? How is he doing those things for me? One of the ways I knew very early on that my husband was a keeper, the very first gift he ever gave me was a AAA card. It was the cutest thing in the world. He had to renew his card. We hadn't been dating for very long, but he, he handed me the card and he said, "There, you know, I get the very best, the premium service. And there was a place where I could add a second person. And I'm sure you probably have your own card. But in case you didn't, I put you on my card. <laughs> that is a guardian of your soul. And then on our fifth date, he said to me, I really like you and I really want to get to know you. And I'm not rushing into anything, including sex. I've tried that before and it didn't work. And I want this to work. And so that also, he let me know very early on what his intentions were without me ever having to ask him. And he also disclosed all of his finances and all because he's and and his and he had some health issues he does have some uh autoimmune diseases and he let me know about those because he didn't want me to find out later he thought if that was a deal breaker something i didn't feel i could deal with he wanted to let me know because they're quite serious and he told me all of these things without me ever even asking. And that was also a sign that this man could be a guardian of my soul, that he really cared about me and my feelings. We had a really great, I don't know, I mean, this is so new, I couldn't tell you anything about where this situation will go. But one of the women in our mastermind program, she is the most precious thing in the world. And she had a conversation with a man they're just first communicating. And she said it was remarkable how interested he was in her and how he asked these very deep and intelligent questions that really made her feel like he wanted to get to know her. And then later they were texting the next day and he went back and reread her profile and he texted her and he said, you know, I just wanted to let you know, you put one of the things that you put on your uh, your profile was that you were looking for a man who's financially stable. And I need to let you know that I am a graphic artist. I work in the film industry and sometimes it can be feast or famine until I get into the union, which is my intention. But if that's something that wouldn't work for you, I want to let you know now before we take this any further. Again, that could have been a deal breaker for a lot of women. But the fact that he had been so inquisitive, so deep, so curious about her in their first conversation, and the fact that he cared enough, he was interested enough 
to go back and reread her profile and then come back and say, be vulnerable enough to say to her, you know, I just want to let you know that this is where I'm at right now. I don't think it'll always be this way, but I need to let you know because if that's a deal breaker, just like my husband was letting me know about his health issues, then she would have the option to end it right there. But he was thinking about her and her feelings. And these are signs of potential guardian of your soul material. All right, ladies, I think this is it. Okay. Did it all. I don't know if there are any questions or comments that any of you have. Um, I see some comments here. All right, let's do some Q&A. <laughs> let's do a little Q&A. Well, somebody said I look beautiful. Someone else said I miss you guys. Thank you for the compliment. I don't can't see the name of who misses us, but thank you so much for that. And here we have my last guy was a covert narcissist. I didn't know it at the time. I now know. Charming, funny, caught him lying a lot. Yeah, so these are things that you want to be on top of. You really, really, really want to pay attention to. Um you know, he may have been a covert narcissist, but if you caught him lying, I don't know, you know, how, where that came, how, you know, when and how that came to light. But if you see something once, okay, you talk about it. But if you keep seeing a behavior repeatedly over and over again, that's something that you really have to take note of. And I have learned, and I want all of you to learn that you've got to keep raising that bar and not moving it up and down. You've got to raise it and raise it again and raise it again, but not make excuses for people. Oh, I'm so invested and I don't want to lose him. If a man is lying to you, that's not a good sign. So someone else wrote, Lisa, you and Benjamin are such a beautiful couple. I resonate with you so much, especially that we had a similar experience with our ex-husbands. What would you say you were, would you say you were completely healed from your last marriage before Benjamin? Or did he help you process by being who he is to you? Wow, what a fabulous question. I love that. Um, I am sure that there was a lot of healing that came from just being with Benjamin and having a man love me so wholly and completely and be such a man, you know, show up, be a man of his word, um, follow through with his commitments, be a guardian of my soul. It's just nurturing for our souls to be loved in that way and in such a safe and kind relationship. Having said that, I knew when I left my husband, I was very, my first husband, I was very, very, very clear that water seeks its own level and that 
when we choose a partner, whether we like it or not, they are a direct reflection of our level of consciousness at the time that we are with them. So your partners are a direct reflection, a mirror of your level of self-love and self-esteem and what you feel you deserve or don't deserve in that moment in time. So I was with my ex-husband because I didn't have my life together. I didn't know who I was. I was compromising and settling. And I knew that none of this was his fault. He is who he is. He needs to figure himself out. Your exes need to figure themselves out. And even though it's painful to be in a relationship with somebody who does lie and cheat and steal, I picked him and I chose to stay with my ex for 13 years. That was my choice. Nobody held a gun to my head. Nobody said, you have to stay. I did that for 13 years. So the only person that I can blame is me. And I was willing to look at why I made those choices. So I was able to let this go and work on myself and find the right mentors and teachers so that I didn't do this again. And that was one of my vows to myself. I came out of my first marriage and I said, Lisa, you don't have another 13 years to keep doing this. It's too painful. And relationships are too important and they're t- they, they, they influence our whole lives. So you can have the most fabulous children, a great family of origin. You could have wonderful friends, but being with the wrong partner, romantic partner, is like having this big dark cloud over you. And it really does taint everything else in your life. You know, you can go out and be with your girlfriends or go to work, but then you come home to this person, this hell that the two of you are co-creating, and it's miserable. And so I did not want to do that for the rest of my life. I wanted to get it solved. I wanted to figure it out. And I vowed that that was going to be my mission. So let's see some more. Do men like my husband? Hi, Stephanie. Do men like my husband really exist? Of course they do. Of course they do. They do. I think one of the problems is that we think we're ready for a man like Benjamin, but we have to do our own work. There's reasons why we keep meeting the wrong men and settling for less than we believe we deserve and why we stay in the wrong relationships for way longer than we think we should, than we know we should. And so, like I was saying just a moment ago, the work I had to do was on me. I needed to grow up. I needed to become more sophisticated. I needed to know my own worth and be able to sit across from a man that I really admired and be able to feel like, of course, he would want to be with me because I bring a lot to the table. I used to not have such high self-esteem myself. And many of you who say you want great relationships and say you're ready for great relationships, 
when you do meet men who are aspirational and the kinds of men you say you're looking for, a lot of you implode. You lose your power. You lose your words. You feel insecure with those men. And that's really what you need to look at. It's one thing to tell yourself I'm ready. It's another thing to sit across from a man like Benjamin on a date and really be ready. So, yeah, that's what I had to learn before I could be in a relationship with a man like that. Um, all right, everybody. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. We had a wonderful turnout today. So I really appreciate you all being here. I do these almost every week. So please come back. You can send your suggestions for future topics to podcast at lisashield.com. You can learn more about me and the work I do by going to lisashield.com. You can give us a thumbs up or a heart here. Please do that. I love to see those hearts and thumbs up because it lets me know that I am giving you the kinds of information you want to hear and need to hear. Also, please rate and like my podcast and go check it out. You can find all the podcast episodes on my website and you can click the button on the website to view my 45 minute presentation. Many women have said it was a game changer for them. So please check that out. And finally, I also do an episode just about every other week with my husband, Benjamin. We do that on Sundays, so please check that out as well. It's called Getting Inside the Right Male Mind. And what else do I want to tell you? If you want to work with us, if you really are sick and tired of wasting precious years of your lives, and you really do want to work with one of the top coaches in the world to just get this solved, then please stay to the end of my 45-minute presentation because that's where you can book a call to speak with a member of my team. And we will show you on that call exactly how we can help you get this solved so that 90 days from now, you will have everything you need to know to find a guy like Benjamin. All right, you do not, Julie, need to be successful to meet a great man. You need to be a success. You need to be not successful so much in your career as you do at being a woman. So one of the things we teach our clients is how to be a superior woman, how to talk to men, how to ask for what you want and need from them in a non-shaming way that invites them to get closer to you, that sets you apart from other women because you want to be the kind of woman who really loves and appreciates and understands men and who can bring out the best in men. All right, everybody, so much love to you. I will see you next time. Thank you for being here. And I wish you a beautiful, beautiful day. Bye-bye.